What's up, everyone? Welcome to It's a Vibe podcast. My name is Mary, and I am here with my other host, Melody. Thank you so much for tuning into our episode two. Hello, everyone. Today we will be answering some questions, and if we have enough time at the end, we will touch base on a topic. So the very first question that we have here is: With all the anti-Asian sentiment that has been going on this past year, why is it a struggle to raise awareness of Asian-related issues? And how can the Asian community and allies take action to create a movement that demands attention? So to start off, I hope you all know,、uh, but if you don't know, there has been a rise in anti-Asian sentiment when the coronavirus pandemic started, and it was due to false assumptions that Asians are responsible for the virus, and it didn't help that Trump ignited the fire even more, and there has been a strike of. Hate-related crimes against the Asian community, and so I believe it is a struggle to raise awareness of Asian-related issues. In my opinion, due to the model minority myth, and for those of you who don't know what the model minority myth is, it basically maintains a narrative where Asian Americans are submissive, we are quiet, we are polite, we are rich, we are smart, and we accomplish all of these things, and that we are okay, and that we don't need help. And I just feel like it really dehumanizes us and prevents people from really seeing us as individuals and how diverse the Asian community is. There's so many ethnic minorities within the Asian population, and I just feel like it erases the differences among all of us so much. the The minority, the model minority myth, I just feel like it puts minorities against each other. Since Asians are viewed as they're so smart and they achieve so many things, and that they're just so submissive and they're just so law-abiding, I feel like it creates like a false, like a hierarchy narrative where, like it's it's it uses an excuse of like if Asian people can do it, then other people of color can do it too. Exactly, and I think I think a big part of it too is like people don't realize that. A big chunk of like the minority that are in poverty is Asian too, but because in maybe media we see like the rich one or the more successful one that that's all everyone see right like oh they're smart they make it to the top and so whenever any like violence happen, it's like oh the media actually chooses not to talk about it so that's why we don't see that oh there has been an increase but when you look at statistic. There has been a big increase. Yeah, I agree too. It's like we become silent, and our narrative doesn't matter. It just sucks because I feel like this model minority myth it has put such a huge barrier, like years and years of barrier, into the realities that Asian people do face and do experience. And I felt like. If you look at the history, and you know, like you know, do your research. But if you look at the history of where the modern minority myth, you know, came from and stuff, Asians were used as a scapegoat, and it made it easy for white people to use the positive portrayal of Asian Americans to deny like the demands, the needs, and the rights of、um, other communities, like Black people. You know, I feel like it erases the historical struggles of you know the Black community, the Latino community, Native Americans, and other groups by putting this narrative 
of saying like, you know, like, like I said earlier, if Asians can do it, then any other communities can do it. But this all stems from white supremacy. This is what they created and this is what they want like they put this false narrative out there for people to believe in yeah and you know how we talked about how like like allies how right now it looks like minority are going against minority and we kind of depict along the line of actually forgetting that this is the issue of like racism itself overall because everyone tend to be like well black versus asians and hispanic versus asians but it's like no, 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 we, it's really, the big issue is racism and talking about it, I guess you can say. Going to the question where it's like, how can the Asian community and allies take action to create a movement that demands attention is, for me, is like really learning and educate yourself about the history of um, Black and Asian Americans under white supremacy, just the history of all the minority groups under white supremacy. And learning that white supremacy is what stems all of this. And you, if you fall to the narrative, you're going to be part of the problem. And white supremacy is what created segregation, you know? It is what created housing inequality. It is what created, like, a scarcity in low-income neighborhoods, you know? White supremacy pins minorities against each other. And I feel like you have to learn about the history to uh, to to know that there has been a long history of Black and Asian solidarity, minority solidarity there is history of it how you can be an ally is just really engage in conversations with people you know talk with people if you have social media like get the word out speak about it make it known for people who may not know about what is going on and and i also feel like a lot of people don't know but you can call your representative and your senator and ask them what they are doing to help you in your community you know what are they doing about this issue because you are the one who elected them I hope you vote. <laughs> and it's very important that you know that these are people who are the ones who represent your community, your city, and they're the ones who help make decisions. And so we have to hold them accountable just as much as we have to hold ourselves accountable for like knowing the history, educating ourselves, knowing what is going around in the world. And the thing too is that like a lot of Asian Americans are not aware of their own history their activism and solidarity with other communities of color. I feel like it is also the job of a lot of us Asian Americans who don't know much to educate ourselves. You know, we can't put the job on other communities to advocate for ourselves if we don't know what the issue is within our own community. And we can't ask others to fight for us if we're not educated about what is going on and willing to fight for our own I just think it's really important that recognizing that anti-Asian stems from white supremacy again. And so I just think it's really important to know who we are, reclaim our voices, and go beyond this model minority myth label. Fight the system of oppression against minorities, you know, everyone else. It's a bigger issue that we're fighting here. And the white supremacy narrative wants us to go against each other. It's really important just to learn about your history be aware of what's going on and speak out. I do want to let you guys know here you can search this like or any pretty much information on so- social media and online and Google it. Um, you do have the power to make a change and bring awareness to the Asian American issues that we are having right now. And you can search more information on how to be an ally. Yeah, like definitely use 
there's so much online that you can learn from like obviously from legit sources <laughs> um so make sure it's a legit source and there's just so much that you can learn and bring awareness to and just educate yourself that's the most important part okay so second question all right so um the question is i wonder uh, someone asked us, I wonder how you both have dealt with issues between the both of you. Like, have you guys gotten into a fight or big disagreement? How did you ladies handle it? We tend to, we're able to, most time we're like able to agree to disagree. But with like our big disagreement, um, I mean, a big part of it is open communication, right? If we don't understand the question that maybe one of us is asking, we speak out and say i don't understand it if i'm like i'm not really happy right now can we talk another time we tell each other that and then we give each other space to kind of maybe process things through and i mean we've had one right and i, I mean in the end of the day it's like we're gonna have to agree to disagree and i think that was something that like both of us have to accept yeah and i feel like just having really open and honest communication and like Mary said, when you dive into the issue that you both have, you have to really also ask yourself, is this too much for me to process in right now or do I need time? Because oftentimes, a lot of us, we think that we need to give an answer or find a solution right away. But most of the time, we need to step back and be like, you know what, I think I need to process this in and then we can talk again in order to to be in the right mindset and in order to say what you actually really feel after processing in the issue. I feel like, yeah, we've definitely gotten into a disagreement before. You know, I feel like it's inevitable, you know? And at the end of the day, it's like, it's how you choose to go on about it. In order to deal with issues within you and someone else is being aware of who you are. What I mean by that is being aware of who you are by being able to take accountability and acknowledge that, okay, maybe I have went wrong with this, or maybe I misunderstood, or maybe I said something that wasn't okay. And then being able to be like, okay, you know what, I'm sorry, and I didn't mean it. You know, that's what I mean by being self-aware is that knowing yourself well enough to know when maybe you were not in the right. It's about, you know, agreeing to disagree or just understanding where each other come from and taking it from there. Yes, I think it's a it's a big deal to to like not just give in just because you're like, oh, well, I guess it's easier to just kind of go with the flow or I don't really want to deal with this. So I'm not going to just stand my ground. I think it's really good to just really stand your ground, but just be able to say this is kind of how I feel. And we just kind of have to figure out how to move past it. And how you feel about it, you know, let's talk about it. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, talk about it, have open communication if you're not understanding the issue or the question that's coming up. And also just stand your ground and try to explain like what you're talking about or what you're trying to come across. And like what you said, having that space to maybe think about what those questions are if you're confused about it too. And I feel like... um the biggest part is acknowledging how each other feels because you can't just go into the conversation only acknowledging how you felt. You also have to acknowledge how the other person feels and maybe try to see why they may have come from where they came from, you know? So it's like, there's an issue, yes, but 
you have to see where you both were coming from in order to solve the issue and be able to move on from that. So our third question we have here, it just asks us here, you mentioned that you both talked, hung out a lot during heartbreaks. How do you support a close friend during breakups without just agreeing that your ex or their ex is not deserving, is trash, trash, etc.? Well, you don't need to agree that their ex is not deserving or whatever it is how you feel about them. I feel like support means definitely to everyone, but I feel like the most important part is understanding what support means to them and whether that's just by you listening or whether that that is um, that they actually want you to give them advice or, you know, have an input. And so the thing is that, you know, you don't have to agree that their ex is not deserving or trash. And I feel like some people sometimes want that validation to make them feel better. But you don't, you know, like if you don't feel that way, then you don't need to. And if you feel that way, then you can say it. But that's if they that's that's if if they want that. I feel like the best way to support a friend during a heartbreak is just asking them, you know, whether they just want you to listen or if they want some advice, you know, or because I feel like listening goes a long way. Listening speaks volumes. Just being there for a friend who's going through a tough time by just listening is honestly the best support that you could give them. And just touching base on like heartbreaks, I, for me, it's like, you know, I just want you guys to know that this is not heartbreaks just within relationships, but this can be heartbreaks within family. You know, this can be heartbreaks be- between like friends and many other people. Just taking it forward is like, how do you support someone is just really being there for them and asking them what what they want and how they need to be supported. Because I feel like how you think you should support someone is not always the best choice. And like, for example, in this situation with the ex, like sometimes that friend doesn't want you to be talking trash about them you know sometimes they just really want you to listen to them to know how they're feeling and know how they're doing and so just be careful with like how much you actually say and because I feel like then it becomes something selfish where it's like it's just about how you feel and not about how your friend who is going through the situation feels yeah I mean any of the day you just really have to know your friend and kind of how they want that right um especially during breakups it's you pretty much have to kind of understand like oh they want me to just be there and not say anything or oh they want me to talk crap or whatever it is i mean you know your friend enough to be able to kind of know what they want or sometimes you just gotta ask like okay i'm here for you what is like what do you need me like how can i help you know how can i support you i think that's important or just checking up on them I feel like um, with friendship, whether that's like breakup through like what we talked about, family to exes to just friends, it's just always nice to just be able to ask them or just check up on them and see how they're feeling, whether that's been a week, two weeks, months. It's just nice to be able to kind of know where they are at mentally and emotionally too. You know, you know, we have those friends where like they talk trash about their significant other or their ex and then they end up running back to them and you know I, I'm pretty sure some of us most of us have one of those friends but I feel like it's especially important to if your friend decides to make that decision to go back I feel like it's really important to not shame them because I feel like that's when 
they close up on you and they decide to not talk to you anymore about their issues. And so that's why I also mean by support is that being knowing your friend enough to know the support that they need and be willing to ask them so that they can still come back to you whenever they need someone. So those are going to be all the questions that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to our second episode. I do want to thank those that did submit those questions to us. Stay tuned and also ask us more questions. And you can do that through Instagram or through email. But I just want to thank you guys for listening and stay tuned. Thank you.